Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Tuesday, October 8, 2019, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Dallas police announced 
three men wanted in connection with the death of Joshua Brown, the witness who testified in the Botham Jean case, will give you the details. The Supreme Court is hearing argument, her arguments today about LGBT employment rights. We'll talk with uh, the CEO of the black leading black LGBT organization. Also, look at why we have to engage the black community if we want to stop digital disinformation. The impact that Russia had on targeting African Americans in the 2016 election. You know, the one where Donald Trump said they didn't do anything, but we know that was a lie. A young man who served 10, 10, 10 days for a missing jail jury duty has his record cleared. Why in the hell he had a record in the first place? And a Penn State athlete receives a racist fan mail. We'll show you the letter and how the Penn State community is responding. And also, more photos and videos from Tyler Perry's grand opening of the Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta. Plus, yes, another crazy-ass white woman. And today is the 78th birthday of Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr. We wish him a happy birthday. It's time to bring the funk on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Folks, uh, Joshua Brown, of course, the man who testified in the Botham Jean case, Amber Guy, of course, was hit to prison, shot and killed on Friday. Today, today, Dallas police announced that three men are wanted in his death. Uh, a news conference took place uh, today in Dallas, in Dallas, uh, where they revealed the details uh, of that particular case. It's, uh, this is the uh, video from that news conference earlier today. Police department, I'm over the criminal investigation unit. So first, let me thank you for coming out on such short notice. Um, I appreciate it. City of Dallas appreciates it, as well as the Dallas Police Department. As you know, Joshua Brown was shot and killed October the 4th of 2019. He was shot and killed at 4606 Cedar Springs in Dallas, Texas, which is why we gathered here today. First, I would like to acknowledge Joshua's family. Um, we in the Dallas Police Department grieve with you. We understand how hard it is and how much pain is related to losing a loved one. No family member should have to suffer that kind of pain. I want you to know that the Dallas Police Department is working diligently on your behalf to solve this case. It's our policy that we pursue all murder suspects. We pursue them aggressively, we pursue them thoroughly with the hope of bringing closure to the family. As you know, I've said it before, that we value human life. We understand that there are some in the community that do not, but the Dallas Police Department does value human life. Through the dedicated work of my detectives, we have identified three suspects in the Joshua Brown murder. Jacarius Mitchell 
black male, 20 years of age. Michael Mitchell, black male, 32 years of age. Thaddeus Green, black male, 22 years of age. According to suspect Jacarius Mitchell, all three suspects came from Alexandria, Louisiana, to purchase drugs from Joshua Brown. Thaddeus Green was the facilitator. He's the one that contacted Joshua Brown. As they drove to the offense location, Thaddeus Green gets out of the vehicle, has a conversation with Joshua Brown, which escalates into physical altercations, at which time Jacarius Mitchell gets out of the vehicle and he states that Joshua Brown orders him back into the vehicle and shoots him in the chest. As he's laying in the vehicle, he hears two more gunshots. He says that Thaddeus Green shot Joshua Brown two times. According to the autopsy report, Joshua Brown was shot two times in his lower body. One was a through and through, and the other entered his body just below the spine, traveled upward, damaging vital organs. Thaddeus Green also took the backpack that Joshua Brown had, as well as the gun that Joshua Brown had. Michael Mitchell was the driver. He dropped Thaddeus Green off at an unknown location, and he took Jacarius Mitchell to Promise Hospital to receive treatment. He was later transported to Parkland Hospital, where he is currently in police custody. We will execute a warrant for capital murder on him today. We also received numerous tips as it related to the killing of Mr. Brown, and in that, we executed a search warrant at Mr. Brown's apartment where we confiscated 12 pounds of marijuana, 143 grams of THC cartridges, and $4,000 in cash. We have also issued capital murder warrants for the other two suspects, Michael Mitchell and Thaddeus Green. I want to assure the citizens of Dallas that we will continue to be transparent and we will provide updates as they materialize concerning this case. We as the police department need your help in capturing the two fugitives that are not in custody. Um, we've partnered with our federal partners and we're in pursuit of them as I speak. If you know the whereabouts of these two suspects, please contact your local police department or the Dallas Police Department at 214-373-8477 or 214-671-3690. These suspects are to be considered dangerous because they're armed. Again, I want to thank you for coming out under such short notice. I thank you for trusting us to provide you with true and accurate information. I thank you, our community members, for partnering with us and believing in us as we pursue these fugitives. I'd be remiss if I didn't thank my detectives. I've said it. Come on. Uh, 
a slight issue there. Uh, let's go to our panel right here, Dr. Jason Nichols, Department of African American Studies, University of Maryland, also Kayla Bethel, Communications uh, Strategist, and Malik Abdul, Republican Strategist. Uh, the mayor over the weekend, uh, Jason, tweeted out to folks not to engage in wild speculation. Folks were on social media saying this was a plot, he was targeted, he was, they went after him. Um, and even now, even though they've come out and uh, in, in, in made this announcement, here people say, oh no, they planted these drugs. Uh, they said that uh, to come out and say they found marijuana in this guy's apartment. Uh, but also, that was a shooting that took place in November involving Joshua Brown. Mm -hmm. It took place outside of a strip club as well. Uh, and he said that he feared they were going to come back uh, and, and harm him. What do you make of, again, people immediately saying, oh no, no, the cops, they're the ones who actually were behind uh, the murder of Joshua Brown. You know, um, I think it shows the lack of trust that many of our community uh, have for law enforcement, and that's a reputation that law enforcement has earned. And I think Amber Geiger did law enforcement no favors with her actions uh, to make people think that they can't trust law enforcement, that they can't believe in law enforcement. Um, as far as what occurred, uh, right now, it looks like this was the case. I mean, he was selling marijuana, but marijuana, again, will be legal within a couple of years. We have people who are marijuana barons all over the country. This says nothing about his character. He was carrying... He had guns. He carried guns. As you guys, as Southerners know, many people in the South have guns. That doesn't make it, you know, say anything negative about his character. Um... Uh, I, I, you know, the thing that did stand out to me about that press conference was the fact that they felt the need, even with the picture behind them, to say that these were black males. You know, we, we saw that clearly on the screen that uh, the suspects were black males, but for some reason they had to, you know, emphasize the fact that the suspects were black males. I didn't really understand what the need for that was. Um, other than really to take a shot at people who were, uh, you know, maybe had some different ideas about what happened to Joshua Brown. Kelly. I don't believe this story. I'll just say it flat out. Why? Um, just by way of how the trial went, I don't recall the defense once uh, cross-examining um, Joshua Brown regarding his character and um, potential criminal activity, potential possession or anything. Because in cross-examination, your job is to discredit that witness as much as you can. And during that time... But if you did not know any of this... Yeah, they weren't you investigating you, you him. Could not, you could not... You, could, you, you can't say the potential. I mean, if, if, he had been, if he had been convicted of drug dealing... Sure. That's the difference. I understand that, but what I'm saying is you're telling me that an entire defense team who's defending a cop didn't have the resources at their disposal to find out everything they could about their star witness in a high-profile murder trial? Like, oh, I'm saying, but if you did not know... What I'm saying was... is I don't think there was anything to not know. This doesn't make any sense to me. Driving a total of 10 hours for a weed re-up... That doesn't make any sense to me. Having three people... I mean, it's actually... It's happened. I mean, it's... I mean, it happened, I mean, it, it's, it's not... Louisiana has Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Shreveport. You're telling me you can't find 
any type of marijuana within state lines. You had to cross to Texas to find good weed for Louisiana customers. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, um, I think to, to the first question that you asked, um, Jason, I think this was another case of confirmation bias. Um, people wanted to believe it. Um, and, I, and I would go further. Yes, police is a part of it, but I also think it's just, it's race. It's easy to believe that a young black, well, you know, a black man who testified in a case against a white cop, um, that something, that the thing that happened to him happened because he was black or that he testified or whatever, you know, so that part didn't surprise me. I was, of course, I was pushing back on the notion of, well, and to me, it actually didn't make sense that he would be killed after he gave testimony. That too. Not before he gave testimony. If, if there were, if the conspiracy was true, that there was something that was, you know, in, you know, the police department or whatever. To the point about, you know, and I'm, I'm no marijuana aficionado, but, you know, 12 pounds is a lot of weed. It's a lot of weed. So I can definitely see people driving hours and hours and hours away outside of their state to get 12 pounds. Well, I don't know that they well, were well, buying 12 well, yeah, right. pounds. Well, what they said... That, and that's they, risky. If you already yeah, know that Louisiana but people, doesn't I mean, it. people actually drive from... People drive across state lines to get weight. And so... And coke? Heroin, man. Yeah. First, 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 look, you had, <laughs> you had a guy who played for the San Diego Chargers, uh, of course, who had be, who got busted uh, for funding uh, where they were where they were, tra where they were where they were transmitting cough syrup from yeah. California to Texas. So yeah. the, the idea that people don't they do it. don't drive for drugs is just not no, true. I'm not saying they don't so, drive for drugs. But, I just but think he was a supplier. Is... I mean, if he if he, if he had 12 pounds of marijuana. He was a supplier. He wasn't the person who was actually on the corner. And that's another selling, point. Selling that the marijuana. I'm like, if he's a supplier and the defense didn't know that at trial, but that why would they? Make any but sense. I'm How not do sure. How not cross that? But I don't know if 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 there was no indication that he was involved and, in the criminal activity, then what basis would well, they have? If so, you're able so to get let, 12 let me just, pounds let me just of say weed, one thing did... about about the drugs. Number one, there, there's an old saying that I that I've heard from people who who. Are involved in that business, and that is you don't poop where you eat. Right. So in many cases, people try to go, you know, in distance, mm -hmm. and who knows if they didn't rob, they weren't intending to rob him. Because Alexandria, because they thought he was alone to Dallas, with twelve pounds of wheat. Yeah. Here's you know? what we know. What we know is based upon people getting information, tips coming in. One of the guys who was involved in this allegedly was one of the people who got shot. Yeah. He's kind of a little pissed off by that. In the chest, I think. He's that's the one who's in a hospital yeah. who told the cops what the hell happened. Yeah. And so the other two have not, uh, they're still trying to uh, arrest them right now. We'll certainly uh, hear more about this and we'll have those details. And so, uh, again, uh, two individuals Dallas police are looking for. Uh, they have uh, charged them with murder and they're waiting to arrest them uh, and look, look for them as we speak. And so we'll give you those details as they come available. All right, folks, let's talk about uh, Supreme Court today. They heard uh, a case that deals with the issue of whether or not folks who are LGBT are covered under the 1964 Civil Rights 
Civil Rights Act, of course. Now, there are three cases. The federal court uh, deals with the issue of anti-discrimination known as Title VII, which protects gay and trans workers from being fired because of who they are. Now, that law does not mention sexual orientation or gender identity, but LGBTQ advocates argue when someone is fired for being LGBTQ, that is covered under Title VII's ban on discrimination because of sex. Joining us right now is David Johns, Executive Director of the National Black Justice Coalition. David, uh, obviously this is a, uh, a big case uh, taking that took place today with the Supreme Court. Um, uh, how significant is this? Because there are some who are suggesting that if you are, if you are uh, gay, if the Supreme Court rules against uh, the plaintiff here, that means that anyone can be fired if they are gay or lesbian. All right, so uh, the question for you, David, are you there? Yes, I can hear you now. So the question the is, some, some folks are saying that if the Supreme Court rules against the plaintiff here, that it will open the door for anyone being gay or trans to be fired by an employer. Yeah, uh, at its core, uh, to be clear, there are two cases that were argued before the Supreme Court today, uh, one that was more specific to whether or not it is legal to discriminate, to fire someone, to deny them, um, the entitlement of dignity that comes with employment based on sexual identity. Um, and then the second separate case asks a similar uh, but different question based on gender identity, and that's the one that a lot of people are talking about with regard to what it means to be a trans and legal protection, specifically Title VII protection around trans identity. Um, in that case, there is um, a level of nuance given that we just simply have a lot more that we have to learn um, that uh, individuals within the LGBTQ community uh, and trans folks in particular have to teach uh, other people, including the justices, uh, folks in the media, policymakers, about uh, trans identity um, and all that it encompasses. Uh, but again, at its core, the question that was asked today is whether or not uh, one can be fired uh, and legally protected in firing somebody uh, simply because their gender identity does not match uh, the biological sex determination that was made at birth. Um, and when we talk about uh, this case, obviously, um, many civil rights organizations are looking uh, at this case. Uh, and uh, first of all, were you at the court today well, for the hearing? No, MBJC was represented today at the Supreme Court by Ashley Marie Payton, a phenomenal trans advocate who really talked about the importance of ensuring that uh, the needs of black trans women are centered as we have these conversations. Uh, it is black trans women that are disproportionately impacted by these types of decisions, the ability for employers uh, in spaces where black people live, where black LGBTQ people are concentrated. Uh, again, we live in the South in states where it is now legal to do this. Uh, and so the ability for employers to deny black trans women the ability to make a livable wage uh, would, uh, 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 to be clear, make it more difficult for them to live. And so she talked about that. Uh, and then Nakisha Lewis, uh, uh, who does a lot of labor work, also represented MBJC, talking about the impact uh, to the gay, uh, lesbian, and bisexual members of the community. Uh, we should all be clear, both LGBTQ people, um, that the attacks on trans people in particular um, will not save continued attack to then uh, uh, come against the right for lesbian, gay, and, and bisexual people uh, to enjoy some of the civil liberties that we now uh, might take for granted. For example, my ability to put a picture of 
Uh, my partner, I'm single. Roland, I know you're not a lot of people. You can help a brother out in that regard at some point. No, I don't, do, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hook up nobody. <laughs> I don't hook up gay people. I, mean, I don't hook up heterosexual people. Because if it goes sideways, y'all ain't looking at me. It, it's like, it's like, like Sherry Shepard, she, she still mad at Niecy Nash for introducing her to her ex-husband. No, I don't do no introductions. Nope. Okay, listen. So the point here, however, is that I... There are states where it, I could be fired for putting a picture of my partner, the one that I'm going to manifest, on my desk. Uh, and and the, the, the court um, is going to be deciding in ways that might affect that in the future. Uh, so I'm thankful for both Ashley Marie Payton and for Nikesha for representing NBJC today. All right. Well, we certainly will see how the Supreme Court rules based upon people. You know, you really can't guess how it goes. Uh, but I read one of the stories where uh, Supreme Court Ju Justice Gorsuch uh, yeah. w was seen as, um, you know, someone on the side of the plaintiff. So we'll certainly see uh, how this court rules. David Johns, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you for making time. Appreciate right. you making space as well for this conversation. Thanks a bunch to our panel. Uh, again, this is one of those uh, things where we talk about uh, civil rights laws, uh, going before the Supreme Court. Uh, folks are watching to see how this conservative court, 5-4, will rule. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I actually, I read the article about Gorsuch and what people should understand about it. So, if, if you are gay, and it, even on the federal level, so you can't go before EEOC and claim um, discrimination on the basis of your, what is it, sexual orientation, I believe it is. Um, so, People may assume that you can, but you can't. And I think that on the federal level, it definitely makes sense. Now, Gorsuch, Gorsuch, Gorsuch. I thought it was Gorsuch. George Gorsuch, um, what he did say, and actually I agree with, is that this is something that Congress should have actually handled. And I think that Congress should. And I think that there should be protections in federal law to so that you can't fire someone for being gay. That it's not something that, you know, I haven't done a lot of research, and I don't think that it's something as far as being gay happens a lot, but I think now that we're seeing, as far as tra transgenders, I think we're seeing more instances where transgenders are actually discriminated against, but I don't think that as far as just like gay and lesbian, that there are many, there are a lot of instances, not that there are not any, but there are a lot of instances where they're being fired because for the sexual orientation, but whether it's through Congress or not, there's something that needs to be just enshrined in law, and I think the argument, the Title VII argument and actually, I get that argument because we did research on this, um, even when I was working at an agency. But the Title VII argument, you know, the, the question is, well, what do you do about that? Because that has, it has not included sexual orientation in there. And so the question before the I court... No, no, not sexual. Sex. Yeah, but, just sex, but, but not again, sexual orientation. Sex and, you know, we also have to think about what they, what, are we, what sex meant when they wrote it. Right. In, in, you know, the 60s. Right, right. And I think that would include, you know, there was a, a confusion between sex and gender, which would include right. uh, gender identity, mm -hmm. which, in my opinion... And this is new stuff right. for a lot of us, right. even me. Yeah, this I mean, a, people didn't is... necessarily talk about these things the same way at that time, but, you know, people thought gender and sex were the same thing, right. mm -hmm. you know, that they were married to one another, and now we're realizing, of course, that that's not true. But sex also meant your gender identity, so you could certainly interpret it that way. But I agree with you, actually, here. I don't know if that's the conservative argument or not, but not. Congress should handle this, should yeah, have handled this. They should have. You know what I mean? I, it, it, you know, boggles my mind that they didn't actually think, hey, let's just be, you know, let's just 
Errol Boggles Sackle your mind Walsh. that Congress didn't think? <laughs> right. <laughs> Not me. Kelly, real quick. Um, I'm surprised that you all are saying that EOC does not include sexual orientation. On their website, it says, quote, discrimination against an individual because of gender identity, including transgender status, or because of sexual orientation is discrimination because of sex in violation of Title VII. So that's on the EOC site. And so is, that, is, that a, is that new? Do you no. Know? Because I... Because because you, you I didn't mention EEOC. because when when you're talking about EEOC, you actually have to prove that you were discriminated on that particular basis. Absolutely, but that's but, with any other protected class that you are filing under. So for me, the fact that EEOC already has this policy, I understand that it's not law, and the courts are split. I was referring to Title Seven. Yeah, and yeah, I think what that's Title what they the, the Title Seven is actually of the Civil Rights Act. Right. I mean, yeah, that's where they were arguing against. But I don't think that I don't think that sexual orientation is mentioned in Title Seven. Yeah, no, it's, it's been interpreted right. that way with the EOC, and I feel like because it's been interpreted that way, it should stay that way. Because at the end of the day, what does it matter who you that... have sex with, how you identify, oh, if I you're agree, just working? But people are going to. If Congress had acted yeah. and cleared this up, sure, people wouldn't make the argument. You know but that that's, absolutely, but that's, but that's Congress. But, but that's, that's why we're but, here. But that's why you're the Supreme Court. Yeah. All right, folks, got to go to a break. Uh, when we come back. Uh, we'll talk about how the Russians targeted and used black folks to yes, they trolled us in the 2016 campaign. The Senate Intelligence Committee, they've now come out and said that's the case. My guess is, I told y'all I asked that last year. She listened to her sister. That's next on Rollerbart Unfiltered. You want to check out Rollerbart Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Roland Martin Unfiltered. See that name right there? Roland Martin Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, you'll know it. All right, folks, you heard me talk a lot about marijuanastock.org because I want to keep you informed of investment opportunities that make sense. We've all watched the growth of the cannabis industry. A recent report by New Frontier Data estimates the global cannabis market at more than $340 billion. Now, we know that marijuana legalization is sweeping the country state by state. We also know that marijuana has a good cousin, the hemp plant, with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Until recently, hemp farming was practically legal in the U.S. and heavily regulated by the DEA. However, the 2018 Farm Bill changed all of that, making it legal to grow hemp CBD in the U.S., thus creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. Now, this is, of course, very simple, and that is the folks at 420 Real Estate, but their plan is very simple, their business model. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and lease it to licensed high-paying tenants. That's right, they are hemp CBD landlords, and you can get in on the action. Now, my friends at 420 Real Estate... Uh, has something special for the Roller Martin Unfiltered viewers. And originally, the minimum investment level was 500 bucks, but you can get in and invest in this crowdfunding campaign for as little as $200. That's right, 200 bucks up to $10,000. Again, this is a $340 billion industry that is still growing. You can participate with as little as 200 bucks. For more information, go to marijuanastock.org. That's marijuanastock.org for you to get in the game and get in the game now. Let's talk about the 2016 campaign. Donald Trump has continued to say that the Russians had nothing to do with his win. It was all him. He also swears, of course, that he got more votes than Hillary Clinton, which we know that he's a lying ass. Now, 
Well, Russian operatives associated with the St. Petersburg-based Internet Research Agency used social media to conduct an information warfare campaign designed to spread disinformation in the United States. The Senate Intelligence Committee found that no single group of Americans was targeted more than African Americans. Race and related issues were the preferred target of the information warfare campaign designed to divide the country in 2016. Hmm. Really? They laid that out? Well, my next guest, Shereen Mitchell, the social analyst and diversity strategist, her research last year showed that. And so, Shereen, glad to have you on Roller Martin Unfiltered. So, um, hmm. So, essentially, the Senate goes, hey, Shereen, you're right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, the challenge is that, that what happened was, uh, what we did was we took the House Intelligence uh, release of the 3,500 Russian ads, we dumped it into a database, and then we decided to look at who the targets were based on what the topics were. Um, that was the, the House Intelligence Committee did it in, in May, and we did our report before the 2018 elections. And in that instance, we basically said that the ultimate target was to focus on black identity, to suppress the vote, and to rile, out, rile up those who had racial tensions against black people. And if you look at the web of our data, um, you can actually see that black identity was connected to everything that was listed, which is like Second Amendment, um, uh, is Islam. Uh, we can go down to like connections to Tucker Carlson. Like everything was literally connected in our web with, with the center and the intensity being black identity. Outside the web was other groups, which is why this part is really important, because now the Senate Intelligence Committee is basically saying, yes, we now know that, that not only race was targeted, but African Americans were targeted. So outside our spectrum of the web is Latino and Chicano issues. Outside our web is um, Native American, indigenous issues. And then there's, like, this really weird, funky, you know, outside part that's, like, focused on, like, memes for white boys in college. But, but the intensity of the, of the data shows how, how fierce and how targeted they were on not only using black identity to suppress the vote, but using black identity to rile up other groups. And what you had is you had folks, you had these Russian trolls mm -hmm. uh, who were encouraging black folks not to vote. Yes. Uh, you had individuals who were saying Hillary is the exact same as Donald Trump. Yes. Don't waste your time. We could go on and on and on. And what, what happened? There was a 2.4% decrease in black turnout. Uh, and you really had them targeting 18 to 39-year-olds yes. uh, by saying that she was the same as Trump, same policies. Uh, they were really amplifying the whole... Um, super uh, predator. Su su super predator's comment. Uh, all of those different things. They also discovered that what? One of, the, one of the biggest Black Lives Matter Facebook pages was actually a Russian front? Yes, yes. Like, there was so many... So, the, the thing is, the way that we came to this um, information was that we were tracking how often we were seeing these fake accounts pretending to be black women. And, we, and for, for us, who, who know how this works, black women are, like, the key to the black vote. And so the, the fact that they were pretending to be black women was on top of the issue. But this part about uh, using the super predator key 
piece is really important because there was no conversation about Trump and the, and the way that he treated the exonerated five, right? But we, we have her being repeated all over the place saying super predator. We, we, we have issues where we, we're looking at the crime bill, but we're not talking about where some of that started. So using her as, as this um, prop up on this particular issue about crime was, was also key to kind of so, so suppressing some of the vote. Let's just be clear, though. I don't want to turn this into it was us that, that made this happen, because we have to understand that overwhelmingly white Americans voted for this guy. Like, some people may not have shown up to vote. Some people may have not been able to get to vote because of information that was being also disseminated, dis disseminated falsely by the Russian IRA account. So they were basically telling people, oh, don't stay in line, just text your vote. That's vote suppression. So... So there was a combination of activities that were going on that includes the stuff that was happening on the ground and what is now, what we now know as digital voter suppression. Uh, questions, anybody? So, um, considering the states that Hillary actually lost, has the dad, is there data showing that the black vote was affected in those states? Like, is that Michigan, Wisconsin? Like, is there data, the actual data that's showing that in these states, the number of the, the percentage of black voters were fewer than whatever they should have been? What does that data actually look like? Yeah, there's two data points. The first one I want to talk about is the Brennan Center just put out their report that shows that between uh, 2016 and present, there were over 17 million voters who were suppressed, and they show the states. The states um, purged, I'm sorry, not suppressed, but pur actually purged. Wisconsin is like the, the reddest state of, of, of suppression. In other words, the way in which they were purging was up to 18%. The other part that I, I always love when people ask this question, because they always bring up Michigan. So the, the troll farm framework about them both being the same in Michigan is where you see that happen, i.e., 90,000 people made it to the polls and decided not to vote top of the ticket. They voted completely down ballot, but left the top of voided. Which is rare as hell. Rare on I mean, every... most people, most, most it's the highest at the top of the ticket, mm -hmm. and then it just drops as you go down. No. So in this case, we have the evidence. 90K literally left out top of the ticket and voted all the way down. And also, let's be clear, he won by 77K. So just imagine if that wasn't being pushed out there as a narrative. No. So did the Do bots, we, did on, the bots, make, did, were, the, were the Russian bots responsible for people not voting top of the ticket? No, so, so there's a conversation about psych ops versus what people actually do. So... If they believed that they were both the same, they would not vote top of the ticket. So if the message is sent out multiple times, which is disinformation, that these are the same people, i.e., by the way, super predator, but not exonerated five, it somehow seems to miss do, people's thought I'm so, process. I'm sorry. Oh, so do we know what areas in Michigan and I know I'm getting really specific, but if we're talking about 90K votes and we're going to assume, say, 80,000 of them were for Hillary, do we know what areas, like, was it in Detroit? 
you know, were those votes cast in uh, Dearborn, areas that you would expect that she would win, or were they all over? We're we talking about the, just the entire like, state of right Michigan. Right now, we're talking about the entire state of Michigan. So now I can make a comparison because the new data came out from the Brennan Center about which states that actually didn't vote top of the ticket in comparison to, by the way, those who were purged. Mm -hmm. Because the part that people still don't understand is, like, it's not just about people who are disenfranchised in the way that they don't think they should go out and vote or being told wrong places to vote, polling places, um, 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 te texture vote, or all these other messages that they may believe that was being sent, by the way. And some of this, some of this messaging is still being repeated by, right. just, just FYI, some of this messaging is literally happening right now. Yeah. Um, but... What's different is now we can now start to look at an overlay between what we now know as the states that were being purged and the overlay of the disinformation campaigns. So regarding, so two parts. There has been talk about um, the potential breaking up of Facebook because of this. Mm -hmm. um, one, how do you feel about that? And just in general, what are next steps? In terms of preventing this for 2020? So, there is are there? There are, <laughs> there should be next steps, but like as of today, what the Senate, Senate Intelligence Committee just reported out, we're three years late. Right. Trying to figure out, oh, this happened. And mm -hmm. that's thank you to the Republican Party and Senator Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. That's why. Senator Mitch McConnell has refused, uh, and Trump has refused to do anything when it comes to protecting uh, our elections. Uh, they have made excuses, uh, and McConnell's are not only very late to the game by saying, oh, I'll go ahead and allow the bill to go forward, which the House overwhelmingly passed. Yes. Republicans voted for it to properly protect our elections, but Republicans in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, Donald Trump, haven't done a damn thing. So the onus is on them. That's just fact. However, we still have to do something. Like, something has to happen. Like, right. if we, just acknowledging it, of course, is not enough. Like, we are, we're at the stage where I think more and more people, which, from my perspective, when, when my report first came out, nobody wanted to believe it even existed. Mm -hmm. Now we're at three years later saying, okay, this thing happened, and now we actually know who was specifically targeted. Now it's three years later, and... Of course, the game has changed. Like, like they have morphed and figured out new ways. Oh, yeah. right. to to come at us. I mean, we not know they access uh, election centers. Yes. I mean, so we we know that. Yes. And what we don't know is if they install a malware that's sitting there and it will wait to spring up come October, November. Yes. Yeah. There so I just wanted to mention very quickly about just the whole disinformation part um, that you mentioned about super predators. Well, like for me, and, I, and these aren't people, these weren't Russian bots, but super predators was a real conversation that people were having in the black community. That's not the point. That's but, not the point. If, but, if you, if, if no, you looked I, at... Don't, don't dismiss it. it no, no, I'm not, dis I, I'm not dismissing it, but what I'm saying is, if you look, the point is when she talked about cyber ops, uh, when you look at the documentary The Great Hack, and when you look at how information, how information is being fed, mm -hmm. And how you're being deluged with the information, and the whole point is, how can I impact someone psychologically that then changes their perception when it comes to voting? Mm -hmm. right. That documentary, The Great Hack, just laid it out how Cambridge Analytica understood it, 
how they how they used it in other countries and how they were very clear on how they were targeting uh, white rural voters and just the, and how specific they were with certain phrases and how it was used. So the point was not that the point was not that that wasn't an issue. The point the Sharid is saying is how is it that you had this super elevated conversation mm-hmm. with Hillary Clinton and super predators. And nothing. But you had way down here Donald Trump saying, taking the full page ad out, and they should uh, 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 get the death penalty. So, 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 and so if, if there's, if there's, if there's, no, 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 re- that full page ad just to, like a full page ad to lynch these innocent boys in Central Park, that was not repeated. And I don't understand how we can have this conversation without... without. No, no, no. no, no. What she's saying, she's saying is, uh, if you have, like, this much conversation here... Okay. ...and this little amount of conversation, what is actually driving right. this okay. much conversation? Right, right. Okay. When so really, what it should have been is sort of like... If there, if there was a lot of conversation what? about black people, about super predators... And if it was a both no, 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 those aren't the same thing to me. I'm actually going to agree with Malik here in, in the sense that I heard both, but that actually adds to what Shireen is saying because it made many African Americans feel like they're the same, that they're not different. That that's what drove voter participation down. And so that, I heard the same conversation about super predators, and you know and I, I heard a whole it. lot. <laughs> yeah, I heard a whole lot about. Uh, Central Park Five. That was that, no, 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 no. That, no, it wasn't. If you look at the data, no, no, no. Shereen, if you look at the data, go ahead. In the data, the Central Park Five conversation was not in it. Right. But what is this Russian... mainstream? Like, is there a difference between black media and like mainstream? No, this I think you have. I vote for mainstream. Sure. Hold on one second. One second, Shereen, go ahead. So, so just so that we're clear about this, like. Yes, our community has debates about this particular issue, but let's just also be clear. Hillary Clinton said super predator. She was the first lady. She did not write the bill. Mm -hmm. She did not vote for the bill. Mm -hmm. She did not have anything to do with the bill out of her saying super predator, but none of that was talked about. By the way, the person who wrote the thing is running for office right now. The person who voted for it is running for office But right Hillary now. Clinton was but the Clinton, only... But Clinton, who is the president who signs off on it, was not punished for that, and you're punishing Hillary Clinton... Hillary Clinton? Dis- I don't Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton? No, 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 no. One, one second. Hold on, hold on one second. One second. Because, again, I, wa- I want Shereen, Shereen to explain this to people because this is the difference. What Shereen is saying, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're saying is if you look at the data... You had so much conversation. And you then ask yourself, and then when you start breaking apart the data, it's what actually is being reported. And so, again, if you take that, you take in the document of the great hack and how it was, how certain phrases were used. What she's saying is that, wait a minute, if you had this super high uh, number of mentions Mm -hmm. of super predator. On these social media platforms, in tweets, on Facebook. So if you had Super Predator here and you had Central Park here, 
That would say, wait, but hold up, hold up. How is how could you have that level of disparity? Right. That's what I'm, that's yeah. what I but think that, she's saying but, but that, when it saying. comes to the data. But that I, I get that part, but I don't compare Super Predator and Trump's comments about Central Park Five. Because for me, Super Predators was something that actually fueled what we're now trying to undo in our and criminal justice system. And that full page system. ad fueled the, the potential One full page ad in a, in a one in whole 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 no, 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 hold up, hold up. We are not going, first of all, we're, we're going to say actual facts. It was not just a single full page ad. Okay. It was, it, no, no, one second, one second, one second, one second, one second. It was a full page ad in multiple papers and interviews and multiple interviews. Yep. But again, but again, I think. See, you, you're getting caught up in the wrong thing. No, that's not should, No, 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 listen. No, listen, I, no, listen, I'm not, law, no, I'm not, I'm, first of all, I'm not comparing she, the law and the ad. Mm -hmm. What Shireen is laying out that the we level. have, no. I get it. No, not the level. What she's laying out is the intensity of a discussion on social media, which now causes you to say, okay, what was fueling it? What? Because if it was a natural, organic conversation, you would have similar numbers in terms of folks talking about I, it. I what she's that. saying is, no, no, because you would. No, what you had is... Would. Super... Okay, okay, We're okay. talking about uh, an actual law. Malik, Malik. Super predator was a Malik, medical term Malik, Malik. that Hillary Clinton used if you to don't describe... Understand, if you don't understand data, if you don't, if you don't understand a clear, concerted communication strategy that drives a conversation, right. and so... What she's saying is if you actually study the data right. and see where it was coming from, mm -hmm. what you had is you had this... A deluge. This, no, 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 no. You had a rocket ship fueled by jet fuel... I get it. ...that was driving this thing, right. that was throwing out so much stuff... Right. ...and you virtually had a small amount over here. So the issue here is who was driving it and why were they driving it? And to her point... It was all designed to purposely turn African-Americans against well, Hillary Clinton. Shireen, is that correct? That is correct. Well, also, also, please be clear, as I'm sitting here, you, I have to understand, I grew up in Harlem. I was there in 1989. Mm -hmm. I will tell you what happened to my community when this whole thing went down. I will never forget it. I will also say that the fact that what I watched happen in comparison to that dude and Hillary Clinton is night and freaking day from my experience mm -hmm. living through the rest of that. Well, from my experience living in the United States of America, who actually heard Hillary Clinton make those comments about black... About, she made the comments. It was a mythical term but that she, she decided to use, and she, she was out there advocating. She, I mean, whether she I didn't sign... Whether the, she... Whether she signed... Malik, 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 We're still trying to No, no, Malik. Malik, you're hung up. So Why are we in a conversation comparing the two? Here's why. I didn't that up. That's why. You said, because, because your argument is that they should be but here and they shouldn't be the here. Law. Super Predator was much bigger no, no, than what no. Trump said. No, 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 no. There was a law that no, came no. out of Super Predator. <laughs> that was a law. Okay, first of all, no, you're wrong. Malik, you're wrong. Yes, it did. So when she was talking about Super Predator, what was she referring to? Stop. Shereen, go ahead. 
90 conversations. 1989 is when he pushed that whole agenda. No, no, I'm talking about super Excuse stop. me, Shireen Finish. Let's not do this. Shireen Finish. Okay, but let's not do Don't interrupt then. Don't interrupt. Let's not do this. Don't interrupt then. She won't do that. Okay, well, let's not do this. If you don't interrupt, she's not holding her hand up. This is what we Excuse me. No, no, no. I am the host of this show. Excuse me. Excuse me. If you don't interrupt, she doesn't have to hold her hand up. We don't have to do that at all. But don't hold your hand up. Go ahead and finish your point. Hey, Mabella, I got this. Shireen, finish your point. There was a whole history of, like, these Harvard execs who, or, or researchers who basically came up with broken windows. This is not super predator, but this is the lead to super predator conversation. And then we got to 1994. By the way, 1989 was Mayor Dinkins. 1994 was Rudy Giuliani. And he is the one that changed the policy to institute what is now in policy called stop and frisk. Mm -hmm. That's where the law came from, not Hillary Clinton and, and Super Predator. And here's a piece. This conversation has nothing to do with <laughs> her comment in terms of terms of what was hired. What we're talking, what we're talking about here, with which with what Shireen's from a, her, her report laid out, now the Senate Intelligence Committee is how Russian troll farms took keywords and phrases mm -hmm. and used it to purposely drive the anxiety mm -hmm. and targeting of black voters, and how they also use Black Lives Matter to drive it towards white voters, and that's how they did it. And the problem is we have a government that refuses to still address I this totally issue. I totally get that. And that's what's up. I totally Shereen, get if, it. If, if folks want uh, the report you put together, where can folks go check it out? Yeah, a stop is called, uh, you can find it at stoponlinevawa.com. So stoponline, stoponline, V-A-W.com. Stoponlinevaw.com. And I'm actually in the final phase of our second report. So there's more to come. All right, Shereen Mitchell, we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, folks, we come back from this break. We'll chat with Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr. Turns 78 today. Next to Roller Martin Unfiltered. You want to support Roller Martin Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roller Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roller Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to rollermartinunfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. rollermartinunfiltered.com. The second annual Life Luck Jazz Experience taking place in Cabo, November 7th through the 11th. You're hearing, of course, that's Gerald Albright. It is an upscale destination with luxury accommodations, fine cuisine, top shelf libations, golf, spa, health, and wellness. So if you want to attend, you can go to lifeluxjazz.com to sign up. But those of you who don't want to go, you can still participate by going to gfntv.com. gfntv.com to watch the live stream. Get your live stream pass. It's 14x. Over three days, you'll be able to watch every single one of those concerts. Uh, I'll be broadcasting my show from there Thursday and Friday. But if you, if you can't make it to Cabo, you can still participate by watching the live stream. So sign up at gfntv.com. It's 1099 gfn 
TV.com. Three fantastic days of concerts, including folks, Mark Curry, as I said, Jill Albright, Alex Bunyan, Raul Madon, Incognito, Pieces of a Dream, Kirk Whalem, Average White Band, Donna McClurkin, Shalea, Roy Ayers, Tom Brown, Ronnie Laws, and Ernest Quarles. It's going to be fantastic. Again, get your live streaming pass at GFNTV.com. All right, folks, today is the 78th birthday of Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr., of course. He has been in the civil rights fight for uh, more than 60 years. And so it is uh, uh, all over the weekend he was in, of course, uh, Beverly Hills, where they have uh, a birthday party. It's a fundraiser for Rainbow Push, where they honor several people, including Jamel Hill. Uh, he joins us right now. Reverend, how you doing? Well, 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 I mean, thanks you for allowing me to talk with you today. We tried to make the most of this landmark day. We went to the homeless shelter at 9 o'clock today. There are 16,000 children in Chicago who do not have an address. They're homeless. All of their, 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 their homework, they have no home. Uh, and there are thousands of parents here who work every day to make eight to $10 an hour. And though they work, they, they're homeless shelters. That's the big feature. With the Cook County Jail, they have lunch with the inmates today. 7,000 inmates in Cook County Jail, mostly black. 2,500 on, on anchor braces in the streets. <clears throat> They're all eligible to register to vote. One brother been in jail five years waiting for trial, another seven years waiting for trial. So I want to put some folks there on, on, on the plight of, of the heart of the Chicago. You can register and vote and have precincts in the jail. More than that happen all across the country, Roland. Reverend, uh, you're 78. Uh, you are. You were diagnosed with Parkinson's. Why do you still do this? Why not just? You've done a hell. You've done a hell of a whole lot in your career. Why not just uh, relax, stay at home with your grandkids, uh, and and be with your family? Why do you? Why do you still keep going? Well, my work is determined by my energy, not just by age. Uh, on the one hand, on the other hand, purpose drives me. Be able to get up this morning and go to the homeless shelter to help those who are without a place to stay at night is a source of inspiration and challenge to me. They will quick come to the and have dinner with the, have lunch with the inmates there and look at their conditions. Some of them own $5,000 bond, can make a $500 bill. So purpose drives me, and I'm excited about my work there as I was 40 years ago. Uh, when you talk about uh, that particular purpose, uh, there are uh, I love uh, there are folks who say, you know what, hey, it's time for you just to move on. Uh, what do you say to those uh, who say that you should be passing the baton and you should be stepping aside and allowing another generation uh, to lead? Well, I think they're right. I think that uh, the baton is a symbol. People who can serve will serve, and uh, we open our organization to several age groups, I might add. Uh, and so I think that we, there's, there's more cotton to pick now. Cotton pick is more service to be done in their service. So I don't think we should a process of elimination. We should have a process of expansion and inclusion. Well, uh, bottom line is, I've always said, look, as long as there's breath in a person's body, if they have some good to do, they should keep doing it. And so, Reverend, we certainly appreciate uh, you being on the front lines all of these years, all the great work that you have done. Uh, it is with great appreciation uh, from so many, I mean, not just African-Americans, but Americans uh, for what you've been able to do. And so uh, glad to see you see another birthday. You only made that one mistake being in Omega, but I will not hold that against you. <laughs>
Well, I understand your situation. (laughs) (laughs) Reverend Jackson, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. All right, take care. All right, folks, Oprah Winfrey now has the largest endowment ever at Morehouse College in Atlanta after donating $13 million. She visited the HBCU on Monday for the 30th anniversary of the Oprah Winfrey Scholars Program. It started in 1989, and the fund stands at $12 million. Here she is making the announcement. Seeing you young Oprah Winfrey scholars here today um, has moved me deeply. I am so proud of you. I'm proud of everybody in attendance at this school who is seeking to know more clearly who you are, the value you hold, and how you will share that value with the rest of the world. I was really surprised to learn that it's been 30 years since I made that $12 million donation to Morehouse. And so today, I would like to add $13 million to that... Of course, that now pushes her donation to $25 million. Now, you remember when Robert uh, Smith, uh, the billionaire, had promised to pay off the student loan debt of 2019 Morehouse uh, class? All these people were sitting here saying, what is Oprah going to do? And she had to remind them of that Morehouse Scholars program. And so now folks actually see uh, what she has done. So certainly congratulations to Oprah Winfrey and Morehouse uh, for that donation. All right, folks, 21-year-old DeAndre Somerville, who spent 10 days in jail after he overslept and missed jury duty has had his record cleared. Palm Beach County Circuit Judge John Kashranakis rescinded his contempt finding, writing that Somerville has been apologetic, totally rehabilitated, and no longer needs to be on probation. He had initially also sentenced him to 12 months of probation and ordered him to perform 150 hours of community service. On Friday, he reduced it to three months of probation and 30 hours of community service. Jason is still bullshit. Total bullshit. Unbelievable. I, I can't. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to congratulate you because you reduced it to no probate, to three months probation and, and 30 hours yeah, community was, service. No, it's full of it. No, it's, it's completely full of it. It's, you know, that, that judge, someone needs to look at that judge because that's ridiculous. You know, I feel like he's bullying and picking on some young kid who overslept. It, it's the fact that he, as a matter of fact, the judge should have to give him something for having, you know, uh, 10 days of his life taken away. Right. You know, that, I mean... I, I think the court and, and the judge owe him some sort of restitution for that. Um, but I do want to make one point, and that is that uh, we as African Americans need to serve on juries. Right, but here's the I deal, though. That's important. The brother that, was serving that, on the jury, that, Kelly. About him. He was serving on the jury. He overslept. Yeah, nothing about him. Okay. And what he didn't, he, he didn't call the bailiff. He went ahead and went to work. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's not 10 days in jail. It's, it's, it's not, not worth anything, really. And frankly, if this judge doesn't do the same type of treatment to every juror who does that, then, uh, like Jason said, we definitely have a problem here that shouldn't needs to be investigated. Shouldn't do it to any juror. No, he shouldn't do it at all. But what I'm saying is it does look like he's bullying a young black man and trying to teach him a lesson and stuff of that nature. If he's not doing that for anybody who's overslept right. for a jury trial, that shouldn't be happening at all. But even though his um, record got vacated, he's still beholden to community service hours. Um, I read that on Friday, the judge reduced the terms of his probation from 12 months and 150 hours of community service to only three months probation and 30 hours of community service. So either way... Yeah, that's what I just said. 
I know, but it's just. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. It's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. Ridiculous. Okay, fine. It. Call Look, you had to wait 45 minutes because it was. Call in front of the court, admonish him, cuss him out, do whatever. You don't put him in jail for 10 days. Yeah, That's so, just dumb. Yeah, and we often talk about, you know, America's. Um, incarceration problem, over-incarceration problem, and this is just another example. Of that was a waste of resources. And, and if, I, if I read correctly, he was the only black juror on the actual um, yeah. jury. So that makes it even more egregious mm. that he would actually do it in that case. But that jail time should not be, whether they were serving five days and didn't come to six day, jail time should not be the penalty for missing. We well, you know what the hell that was about. We know what that was about. All right, folks, y'all know what time it is. No charcoal girls are allowed. I'm white. I got you, Illegally selling water without a permit? On my property. Whoa! Hey! Hey, remember. Get up here. You don't live here. I'm uncomfortable. All right, y'all. St. Petersburg, Florida. It's where we find this crazy ass white woman. She was angry about a candy. Brother, y'all dropped a candy wrapper, and this white woman lost her mind. Correctly, but no, nah, don't even act like that. Pick it up, find it, get down on your knees and find it. Get down on your knees and find it. See that? Don't count, little nigger. That's how you are. Wow, really? Really? Hopefully she's going to be located and fired real soon, creating another job opportunity for an African-American. Not uh, just a job opportunity, not just to fire. She, and I guess it wasn't a woman or anything was around, because I know it's a little different with a man, but she deserved to actually be slapped and knocked to the damn ground. That's what she deserved to have been. But Pick, a, pick up know. a rapper, pick up a white woman. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Kelly? Should have knocked her ass out. <clears throat> I'm sorry, go ahead. I thought just left. Um, crazy ass white woman. You know what I mean? Like it's just for what? For what? And like. And then all y'all. Like how little of a life do you have to be that invested in somebody else's to the point of a candy wrapper taking you off to that point? Now look, I hate litter. I hate yeah. litter. But what's? But now that call me in work, and then that's how y'all are. Right. No, I, absolutely. And, you know, I'll just say, in other countries, that's a crime. Yeah. You, you literally can't talk to people that way. You literally cannot uh, say racist epithets at people in Brazil and in many other countries. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, on, you know, we but have this he thing... he did knock her ass out, he would have been in the right... I want her to come to but, Southeast. You know, but if he knocked her out, he's charged with assault. Right. And that's, that's what happened. That's not what happened. a good look. All right, y'all, not a good look. A Penn State athlete received a letter signed by, by graduate David Peterson criticizing the player's hair, saying, quote, well, the athletes of today are certainly superior to those in my days. We miss the clean-cut young men and women from those days. Watching the Idaho game on TV, we couldn't help but notice your, well, awful hair. Surely there must be mirrors in the locker room. Don't you have parents or girlfriend who have told you those shoulder-length dreadlocks look disgusting and are certainly not attractive? Letter was presumably sent to Penn State safety Jonathan Sutherland and posted by his teammate Antonio Shelton on social media. Now, here's the deal. 
local newspaper tracked this dude down. He apparently has written other letters to the newspaper. They reached out to this guy, tracked him down. He said, yeah, he sent it. He said, I, I, look, I just don't want our players looking like Florida State Miami players. <laughs> I'm sorry. He said, folks with, these, funny, folks, folks with these tattoos uh, and, 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 and their hair, and he claims that him and his family, they don't watch the NFL anymore, you know, because of how, how, how these guys are looking with, with their hair and tattoos. I'm sure so, the I mean, sure And he's a 1966 graduate of Penn State. Oh, so, God. And I, I just want to say, and I know people are going to say, oh, of course, Malik, would say that. Um, <laughs> as someone who had locks, you know, at some point, and knowing how it was received by black people and white people, um, this is, you know, I, I think that there is an insens insensitivity to us and our hair. I don't know. I don't. I won't go as far as say that this is racist, but around it's racist. The, no, it's but racist. around the time that I actually it's had racist. locks is when. Hampton University implemented their policy where in their school of business where you could not be in their school of business if you had braids right. or locks. And that was stupid yeah. as well. Yeah. What I'm saying. So and, and, and with that with that was that was that was that was black folks operating uh, in white supremacy by all oh, and because again and not just Hampton, uh, Black Enterprise, same thing. Earl Gray talked about it where you couldn't actually have locks as well because hey, it's not accepted in the business world, right. so therefore we're training you so for that, that. Ignorance is what I'm talking about. So it's for me, and I understand it's a white person because it's you know a little different dynamic, but it's 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 born out of that same ignorance that had Hampton University yeah. making those. white supremacy. Well, ha ha well, well. Ha Hampton's response. Was based upon white supremacy. Right. Maybe. This white guy here is simply stating white supremacy. Right. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. No different when the black woman who applied for a job at the VA in Virginia, mm -hmm. impeccable credentials, goes in, applies for the job. I mean, hands down, she get it. She leaves the room. White guy on the panel says, "I don't like her cornrows. I don't like her hair." Mm -hmm. yeah, Doesn't get the that. job. She sues. She wins. Yeah. Got more than seventy grand plus back pay and got the job. But it cost taxpayers because this white guy didn't like her cornrows, Kelly. Mm. It doesn't make any sense because my hair did not get me a degree. My hair didn't get me a job. My hair didn't get me anything except a really nice hairstyle, you know? And for a... So white standards. You know, and, and it, yeah. is, no, that it is. You know, it is. Um, to Malik's point about uh, you used to having locks and talking about how it wasn't necessarily received well in the corporate world... Thankfully, that is changing yep. because, you know, our generation is one of, you know, what respectability politics, for why, you know? And I like that type of... that type of movement because, again, we are not our hair, mm -hmm. and if a white person comes in with curly hair one day and straight hair the next day and split ends and all that, if they can do all of that, I can come in with a fro. I can come in with faux locks or real locks right. or sister locks or any other type of lock or any other type of braid or any other type of twist because I'm here to do a job and it has nothing to do with my yeah, hair. And, and that's why California has a law that was signed right. dealing with hair discrimination uh, saying that's against that. And guess what? They should call this dude out, should put him on blast, uh, and he should be persona non grata when it comes to Penn State uh, because, yeah, you don't like his hair, but you don't mind him scoring them damn touchdowns. Yeah, and exactly. I just want to just add quickly, you know, we, we also perpetuate this. So I know black women who, yes. under no circumstance, sure. would date anyone who has locks in their hair, who has cornrows in their hair, who but has that, braids yes, in their hair. Yes, so, even so, name it, discrimination. We perpetuate it because of white supremacy. In fact, uh, uh, Jackie just sent me this. Amisha Cross, who's on our show a lot, she posted this on social media. I attended way too many events last night, but one particular instance struck me, and I'm kicking myself for not saying anything. 
post-event, a woman commented on a young black guy saying she was going to make sure he was never invited again, not because he was inappropriate in any way, but because he had braids. She said she was disgusted by it and it made her uncomfortable. Braids are thuggish and he, uh, braids are thuggish and he looked like a hood guy in a suit. In that moment, I should have said something. I didn't know what to say. I was shocked. In that moment, I failed a black man. The comment came from a black woman. Her target is a budding 24-year-old tech giant. Discrimination is real, and it's not always from outside of our community. That, That's though, point, yeah. that is based upon, though, white supremacy. The issue that we're dealing with is white standards in terms of how they view how we should dress. Same thing. Oh, don't you dare wear African garb on television because... White male executives, no, no. Wear the blue jacket, wear the suit, wear the tie. Look, I, ha I had white executives at CNN, like, ooh, his dress, because I wore bold pinstripes. Like, you damn right. Because I wasn't looking, and he had Joel Klein sitting next to me, uh, who looked just raggedy. With, with, and I told him, I was like, damn, Joel, dress like, like iron your shit, please. You know, but no, 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 I had to go there. That's because, real. again, they don't mind that, 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 that rumpled, uh, frumpy look but that's fine because, oh, no, that's acceptable, but we're not going to have that. These are white standards. And what I keep saying to people, that what you're dealing with right now in America, when I keep talking about white fear, it's because of what is determined to be acceptable. White standards have determined everything in America for centuries. The whole deal of corporate America, it was the IBM look. Mm -hmm. It was a blue suit. It was a white or bl light blue shirt and it was a red tie or blue tie. That was a look. Come to Capitol Hill, if you want, yeah. what, what's the Capitol Hill look? Khaki pants. Khakis and, and blazers. You will yeah. never see me wear a khaki pants and a blue shirt because, and a blue jacket <laughs> because of that look, okay? That's and that's what look. it is. It's because the white standard, not the corporate standard, you can call it the white corporate standard, it is the white standard. It is why you're seeing an increasing number of black women on television. Finally, wearing natural hair. But some of them are going to their new... Y'all, there was a sister who was in, in, in Houston, went to her news director to get permission to wear her hair natural on the air. Mm. You've had other sisters where white news directors have said, no, oh, no, they wanted to be pressed, they wanted to be permed, because they want to look a certain way for white viewers. We have to recognize that, that, that when black folks do stuff, it just didn't happen that way. It is what it has been placed on us, and we've been told, now look, to be accepted, mm -hmm. you must do this here, because you know how those good white folks don't want you looking like that. That's where all of this is born out of. And so, hopefully, with the law in California and others, that will change, and I'm glad to see Coach Franklin stand up for this young man and put this uh, graduate on blast. Uh, that is a good thing, but again, we, and I keep saying this, why black people must go through a retraining process. Because we have been victimized by white supremacy. Mm -hmm. We have taken on, in many ways, the view and perspective of the oppressor because they have said, you can't walk through this door unless you conform to our standards, our vision of beauty. And that's why when I talk about how white fear is what's going on here, because they have said this is the acceptable standard. Remember the dress code in the NBA? Mm -hmm. Remember all of that? Mm -hmm. We don't want the players wearing tattoos and everything along those lines. Yeah, they're still making billions of dollars with players wearing tattoos because what was the whole point? We don't want to upset the white corporate sponsors. 
and they say, we don't like the look of those players, but you like how they ball. That's the real deal there. There it is. All right, folks. Uh, again, over the weekend, Tyler Perry opened his Tyler Perry Studios. Uh, we could not. We could only take pictures on the red carpet just outside the venue. But Tyler, since yesterday, has been posting a plethora of photos on his Facebook page and his Instagram page. And so we're going to end the show uh, showing you some of that. Don't forget, we want you to support Roller Martin Unfiltered by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com, joining our Bring the Funk fan club where every dollar goes to support this show. And so we want you to do that. We want to thank uh, Jason Kelly Mellick for being on the show. Thank all of our guests as well. So we'll end the show also with this, uh, of course, video uh, montage from the Tyler Perry studio opening this weekend. And, oh, yeah, my Astros going to beat Tampa Bay tonight, so we're going to advance to play the Yankees. That's why I'm rocking the Astros on the show. All right, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Holla! BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.